everything lost will be renewed Long ago in the garden it was to be Now a dream fulfilled in you and me Hey guys, welcome, welcome. It's, it's so good to be with you today. I have an exciting word to share with you that God spoke to me about the cedars of Lebanon. He spoke it to me recently as I was in a time of prayer. Um, and it's just, he said, it's time for the cedars of Lebanon to take their place. And as I was praying that this, this really excited me because I knew a little bit about the, the cedars of Lebanon. And I was like, wow, I was like, this, this has something deep. And so, um, I want to read out of Psalm 104 verse 16 and 17 said, says the trees of the Lord are well cared for and the cedars of Lebanon that he planted there, the birds make their nests and the storks make their homes in the cypresses, the cedars of Lebanon in the scriptures are, are just a beautiful picture of the strength of God, the enduring power of God that he puts inside of us. And, um, but soon after getting this word from God, um, I had a, a time of worship with some friends and a spontaneous moment. I began to sing about the Caesars of Le- Lebanon. And so th- as I was singing, some different things started coming to my mind about about the the strength and the power of of these to take their place, and so I really felt the presence of God in this, and I, the flow of that was just so anointed with the Spirit of God, and so after that I took some notes and I felt the Spirit of God leading me to share this word, so I want to read out of First Kings as well, First Kings five. Verse five and six says, so I am planning to build a temple to the honor, the name of my Lord, my God, just as he instructed my father, David, for the Lord told him your son, whom I will place on your throne, will build the temple in honor of my name. Therefore, please command that the cedars of Lebanon be cut for me. And then in chapter six, verse 36 says, the walls of the inner courtyard were built so that there was one layer of cedar beams between every three layers of finished stone. So the temple, the temple of God was built with the cedars of Lebanon. And the cedars were used um, in, in mentioned in scriptures many different times, but as it pertains to the temple, this is what, what I really felt was a powerful word of God. And so he said, it's time for the cedars to take their place. These cedars are, are us, are the people of God who he, he has watered. He said, he said, the trees that he planted, he takes care of them. And they become a place of, of protection, of a home for the birds of the air. There's, there's, a reality of strength, of protection that God, and usefulness that God gives to his, his trees. And the trees are not just every, every single believer. The trees, the cedars of Lebanon are, are a special tree. And so when God put this in my heart, he said this to me and it just it began to just overpower me in my prayer time and then in worship again. And then, so I started thinking about this, started taking notes and I just felt like that, that this was something I needed to share just as, in, as encouragement. So I call forth 
the cedars of Lebanon, the cedars that God has put out there that he's established in the world, that he's established throughout his kingdom. It's time to take your place, to become the temple of God. Your enduring strength is time to manifest. The cedars, now this is a cool thing about cedars. If you don't aren't familiar with cedar trees, I grew up around cedar trees. My whole house growing up was surrounded by cedars, which was kind of funny because my dad was really allergic to their pollen. He, the trees were beautiful, and he didn't want to cut them down because these were some old cedar trees. But every year, the spring, their pollen would come out, and it would just it would mess him up so bad. <laughs> but um, to the point where he he um, he had to really learn how to deal with his allergies. But it wasn't just the cedar trees, so that wouldn't have gotten rid of his allergies. But that didn't help having them all surrounding the house. But these were beautiful trees. And I used to climb these cedar trees. And one of the cool things about cedar trees is they will bend, they will sway, but they're, they're, they are not brittle. They don't break easily, but they're also strong. They're strong in a lot of ways like um, like the harder oak trees and stuff. It's not, not exactly the same, but... They are very, very strong. And I used to climb up there and sit there, and it was so cool. I had me and my friends used to actually climb these trees and share a little bit about my childhood. We would sit up there and we'd just tell stories. We'd just talk about things. We'd have imagination about being able to fly <laughs> like birds from tree to tree. I mean, it is funny. I, I remember these things. I mean, as a young kid and just, just the enjoyment of it. But climbing these trees was so awesome. They had their limbs were so easily accessible that you could climb up whereas a lot of trees are hard to climb because the limbs are farther apart the cedar trees grew with the limbs being strong and some of them we could just jump up and grab a hold of them and then actually shimmy up the branches and so the strength that they have it it is it's really really cool how strong these trees are but they don't rot like other wood when you come across cedar the outer layer of a, of a cedar is a soft white or light color and that part will rot off. It's it's just a soft outer layer that the sap runs through, but the inside of it ha- is is a, a beautiful red. And if you've ever seen cedar, you know the smell of that is so beautiful. And when you make have furniture made out of cedar, that that woods just it's so beautiful. The fragrance is so so wonderful. As you know, the the branches, the all of the well, they're not leaves, but the needles on the cedar tree they have such a uh, beautiful smell too and the fragrance of that is something that is used many different times it brings back so many memories because of of different seasons where the the hardwood i mean the, the evergreens are are just the smell brings back so much memories of childhood especially for me being growing up around those trees the cedars though they have an enduring quality they don't rot, whereas other woods rot. Even the hardwoods will rot much more rapidly than a cedar will. A cedar can lay in the woods. I've come across it, I don't know how many times, where all of the, that soft outer layer has completely decayed, and now you have a completely, you know, just a totally different shape manifesting out of this wood. The, the, the heart of the cedar will lay there for years and years and years, and it doesn't rot away especially if it's not lying on the ground and it's not covered with other things, it won't decay hardly at all. And so the use of it, this is a a different type of wood to be able to put it in between the layers of the rocks. Other, 
Other woods would not have been able to hold up to that, but the cedars of Lebanon could be used as beams for the walls of the temple where they would layer these rocks, three layers, and then put a beam of cedar in there. And so you, what you get when, when you build with cedar, though, is you get such a beautiful smell and an enduring strength. And so I call forth the living trees, you living trees, to take your place as the temple of God. This is a word burning in my heart. You are not... You were been prepared. God has watered you. You have planted you. And it's time for you to take your place. The smell of your branches are as a savor unto life to the nations. God has given us this call, this purpose, and, and as he's developed you, you are not a savor unto death. You're a savor unto life. The 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 branches that as the as the wind of the Spirit of God blows. It says, and it says, the trees of the field will clap their hands and worship God to bring about the, the power of God. That's what clapping is, is about, is celebrating the victory of our God. And so as, as your hands, as, as your arms in the spirit of the strength of God, the smell is spread about the savor unto life to bring the nations to God, to bring the, the people around you. The the authorities see that's what nations often is is um is um ethos I think is the Greek word maybe I'm mispronouncing that I'm not very good at pronouncing Greek words but it means the um the culture or the the you know we get the word ethnic from those from those type of words from the Greek words but it's it's not so much just about the people it's about the way that they live and the 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 authority structure that when it's in rebellion to God it must be destroyed. But when God's talking about destroying the people, he's wanting to take the culture. He's wanting to take the culture and establish his ways into it. He said, all the people will come to Jerusalem, learn of his ways and go back and teach their own people. So when all the nations are broken and crushed by the rod of iron, by the power of God, that is the authority structures. Those nations that have, and, and, um, Religions, yes, but um, governments, the authorities that have taken and stood in rebellion to God are going to be crumbled. They're going to be crushed, smashed to dust. But the people, the individuals that God is, God is after the hearts of the people, they are set free. They will see. And so it's time for us to, they will see the light of God. They will see the people of God. And it's time for us to take our place. So you have been established. You've been planted. You've been watered. It's time for your branches to, to receive um, the wind of God to bring that savor of life to the nations. And you will, in that process, be lit on fire. And I know if you've ever seen a cedar tree burn, I have. I've lit them on fire. I had one in my backyard. We had a pile of of brush and trees that had been cleared away when we were building our house. And they'd sat there for, for quite some time because the building of our house, we took a long time to build our house. Um, paying for it out of pocket instead of having a loan. And so this, this pile of trees actually laid there for quite some time. Well, at one point we had a brush fire that started from burning some, um, some scraps and some wind caught it. Well, it went over there and it caught that pile on, on fire. We actually had to call the fire department. It's kind of an interesting story. It had like seven different fire trucks show up because it was a slow day apparently for fires and they, they had a lot of different people out there. Well, this cedar tree that was right next to it just caught up and it was like a torch, a 25 foot tall torch just 
the fire just raging and you could feel that heat from 50 yards away coming off that tree and it just burned and it just lit up just i mean just like whoosh all of a sudden it didn't doesn't just catch a little bit so if you've ever seen cedar trees burn they they burn very very hot and very very bright but god was putting this heart that you will burn he put it deep into my heart as i was thinking about this he i saw the the bush that that moses saw that said it was a flame but it was not consumed god wants us to be a be as the cedars of Lebanon, he wants us to be on fire, but we will not be burned. <clears throat> we will be on fire, something that is a torch that is so bright and so hot that it draws people aside like it, like that bush did for Moses. Moses was turned aside. He had to see this thing, this, this bush that, didn't, that was on fire that didn't burn, no, but didn't burn up. And as you burn, you will be a guide. You'll be that, that out of darkness, that guide out of darkness to the people who are, honestly, even the people of God. There are many people of God that will be led to this, the anointing, to the power of God, to the strength, to this enduring strength that doesn't decay, that doesn't fall apart, that has this smell that is, that is drawing people to the life of in God. You will burn bright and strong and hot. So this, this is the desire of God for you to be the cedars of Lebanon, that you will be fully aflame every aspect of your life, completely on fire for God. It doesn't matter whether you're in school. It doesn't matter whether you have a job, a career. You've, it doesn't matter whether you're a, a young person um, it doesn't matter whether you're old. It doesn't matter whether you're married, whether you're a mom, whether you're a, a school teacher. Your life can be fully aflame and you will not burn up. You will be, your, your fire will be lit forever. You're going to be this enduring thing with the power and fire of God. He's calling this forth. He desires for you to take your place, to understand that, uh, that you are the cedar of Lebanon and his temple. You are his temple. We know this. We know that we are called his temple. We know that we're called to be the temple of the Lord and we're not made with hands. We grow by the nature and the power of God being developed in us. He waters us. He seasons us. I know that, that a lot of times the idea of the temple of God can get turned into, well, we have to take care of our bodies and, and, we don't want to to eat things that are unhealthy. We want to to live a healthy life, and that that's a good word from God. God wants us to be healthy. Learning to eat well is a good thing. God actually instructs us. We have <laughs> um, the dietary laws in the Old Testament teach us how to eat well and eat healthy because that's the way God designed our bodies to function. And a lot of people have ignored that because they have appropriated scriptures in the New Testament that that seem to say, well, it's okay to eat whatever. I'm not here to, to, to preach on, on eating well or eating healthy or, or the dietary laws because Jesus said, what goes into a man's body doesn't defile him. What comes out of his mouth is what defiles him. So I know that he was teaching us that these are about health and the laws are there to, to make us strong and live healthy lives so that we're capable of functioning. So the instructions are wise and good from God. But the temple of God is something much greater. 
The temple of God is what can, what he manifests himself in. Because <laughs> nothing can actually contain him. The temple of God didn't contain the Lord. It didn't contain him at all. He just chose to show up. He showed up as a flame over top of his ark of the covenant, his promises to his people. He showed up with the Shekinah glory that glowed. And it couldn't be denied. This was the power of God showing his purposes, showing his call, showing his his desire to be intimate with his people. And so he manifested in the tabernacle and then in the temple of God that was built by Solomon. <laughs> this, this Shekinah glory, this glow of the flame, the eternal flame of God is what burns in us. We are the temple of God to be filled with him, to be filled with his power, to be filled with his glory, to be anointed, the eternal flame of God that doesn't consume us. It consumes everything about us that is not of God. That gets burned away, but it does not consume us. We are able to burn bright and alive and on fire for him, hungry for him, desiring him, growing towards him. These are all the things that that are accomplished in this fire for him. So many times being on fire for God has been confused. It has been taught wrong, but it's also been just perceived wrong. I know a lot of people who have never really been around people truly on fire for God, and they've witnessed people who are excited about God, and that's that's what it comes down to. They, they, honestly, a lot of times people get excited about God, they become judgmental. They begin to say things that are that are unkind towards other people who they perceive as not on fire for God. And and worse, they they begin to start declaring things as if they know them to be true when they don't have a foundation and they haven't really searched out and gone before the Lord. And so that is confused with being on fire for God. And usually those people burn out. They don't last very long. And so people have said, well, you know, it's not that's not of God. We don't want to be on fire for God like that. But the truth is being on fire for God doesn't mean that. Being on fire for God means that you have found the connection with the eternal power of God, the, the light of God, and you you cannot go anywhere else. You are ruined, completely destroyed. To nothing else finds satisfaction. So you're hungry. It, deep inside of you craves the presence of God, craves the intimacy with him to know him, to receive God, that to receive God. <laughs> Jesus said, I give you eternal life. And eternal life is this, that you would know God, that you would know the Father and know Jesus Christ whom you sent. This is what it means to be on fire for God. You can't be held back. Nothing in your life is going to distract or detract. Get the difference between distraction. Distraction pulls us away from what we're supposed to be focused on. But a lot of times our life detracts. We still care about the things of God, but it's detracted. It's less. It's we're not able to give it our whole because we are now um, busy with our job. We have to earn a living. We are busy with our children, raising our children. All those things are true, but they're not supposed to detract. When we understand that we can stay on fire, the zeal and the fire and the purpose for God that is burning inside of us, that we must have Him. We must have Him. We will not be held back. That is what God is calling for us to burn with this. And as you burn the, the heat, the warmth, the, 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 the love, the light of God comes out. It presses through all of the darkness is dissipated. So the temple of God is what we're really about. 
becoming this. So as the, to take our place, that's what it means. You can be, a tree is growing, planted by God in the forest. They grow up, and it takes years of God developing these things. And it's in the middle of many other trees and many other different aspects of life. God is working and developing these things and they're growing strong and healthy. But it, but to become the temple of God, like we just read there, uh, Solomon requested that these trees be cut and that they be brought and gathered to build the temple. That is what it means to take your place. You can no longer just stay in the forest with all the other trees around, all the other things. You are called to be harvested. And that harvesting can be seem, seem like a death because a lot of times it takes a death. It says Jesus said, um, unless a grain of wheat falls to the earth and dies, it abides alone. But if it dies, then it brings forth much fruit. And I know that's talking about seeds and talking about life. It's a little bit different, but this is a similar type of thing. The wood has to be harvested. It has to be cut down. It's no longer time for it to be growing. It's time for it to take its place. It's time for it to be used for all, and all the things that it's capable of being used for. And so as we take become the temple of God, he's calling us as the cedars of Lebanon for us to find that reality out of the 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 forest of all the different trees God has prepared us and it's time to take our place. We must become the temple of the living God in a way that he desires for us to know him. He's always been cultivating us, but when we take our place as the temple of God, it allows him to place himself in us, allows him to, to come and dwell in us so that I, I keep using that word, the Shekinah glory, that flame, the, the flame of God is so, it's, it's something that I don't know if you've heard much about it. So I'll just talk a little bit about it. The, the flame of God literally burned. It was not burning something. It was the presence of God that, that came to show that the, his nation, when he called Israel out of Egypt, and he used powerful signs and, and manifested his glory and allowed them to be freed from the slavery in Egypt. He brought them through the Red Sea, split the waters wide, brought them through and then flooded and drowned Pharaoh's army, brought them to the mountain, delivered them the word of God, instructed them. The people began to... to build the things that God told them to do. They, they built the, the tent. They, they built the, the Ark of the Covenant. And the power of God, when they had this established, that they could, the priesthood was ready. It's sanctified, purified. God put them through the washing ceremony and then anointed their, their big toe, their big thumb, their, their, um, and I can't remember all the steps of the ceremony right now, but prepared the, the priesthood to operate. And they had the, the sanctuary laid out with the tabernacle. God himself came and manifested his presence with a glow, with a flame lit in the Holy of Holies. <laughs> and Jesus, when he died, that veil was torn, showing that we can go 
into the Holy of Holies, into the presence of God. But also it showed at that time that the flame wasn't there. Why wasn't the flame there anymore? Because God was showing that it's in us. It's in the people that he has prepared, the people that he has called and the people that he's developing, the people that he's working, as well as showing that they, they were not those people because they were, they were frauds. They were not, they were had not saying everyone there were, there were faithful. And we see Nicodemus and we see other ones who were faithful in their heart towards God. But the, as a whole, the ministry of their religion had lost its it's a viability. It was no longer connected to the reality of God. And they claimed to be, you know, followers of Moses. And and Jesus challenged them on that. He challenged them that that they, you know, they were not. They were of their father, the devil, not of their father Abraham. They 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 were not truly there. So the presence of God had had withdrawn because he could not manifest himself and show that he was um he was giving honor that these were still the people of God. They had lost that. They had lost their place, lost their their way in that. And, the, and he was showing that, manifesting that, but also showing us that it, it's us. Because it's not a building <laughs> that God ever wanted to fill. It's not the literal trees that were cut down that God ever really wanted to fill. It was our hearts. It was our life, the way that he burns in and manifests himself in us. And this should, should draw you and excite you. It is time for you to take your place. You are not to go on in the day-to-day life without the presence, without the spirit, without the anointing of God. He does not want you there. It is not your call in life to be less spiritual, or less than experiencing the manifest presence of God, it is time for you to take your place, to stand up as the cedar of Lebanon, to be strong, to be enduring, and to be set on fire with the power of God burning in your soul. You are not supposed to be content. You are called forth. God is calling you, and I hope this is stirring your soul, stirring your spirit, anointing you. He wants to fill you. God, I ask that you would burn this message into the hearts of anyone listening. And I pray that you would release this message into people who don't even hear this, who don't listen to this, but because it's your time. I'm calling it forth. I'm praying for your power to manifest in my life, to pour out in me, to pour out in my friends, to to allow us to worship you, to come into intimacy with you in a place that allows us to be changed, to be transformed, to be used by you and empowered to know you, to receive your words as you dwell in us, as your, your Shekinah glory flows in us, through us, puts us ablaze. Lord, I ask for your anointing to fall on your people, to begin to give revelation, to begin to give the the acuity, the ability to see directly, accurately, and simply to the point of what needs to happen and operate rather than operating blindly. Let it give us vision, give us purpose and understanding. We are calling to you because of your beauty, because of your kindness, because of the way that you've touched us. Lord, I pray that, that you would begin to do that, begin to stir up. That's the trees that you've planted 
that you would harvest them, that you would begin to draw them out of the forest (laughs) of their life, surrounded by all the different things, to manifest them, to to display the beauty of your work in them. And I ask for anointing. I ask for the fire of the Holy Spirit to fall in our hearts, in the hearts of people, to bring baptism of your fire, to resting the tongues of fire that were on the the heads of the believers on that day in the upper room. God, I ask for those things to fall on your people and for the word, the word of knowledge, the truth, the revelation to come through because that brings life. We cannot live without it. We are blind without your word. Without a vision, we will perish. Lord, I ask that you would come with all that you are, that you would fill my friends, that you would fill um the the young people pour out on your sons and daughters god that we would become the the building we would be this this thing that doesn't contain but is filled met with with your authority with your power with your glow this is my heart's desire i know that this is a word from you that you're calling us forth it's we're no longer to be content with the things of this world to be defiled with with things that are less. And that doesn't mean that it's all sin. Yes, if there is sin in our hearts, if there is sin in, in the people of God, you, you call us to repent, to be purified, to be, to be made holy, set apart, sanctified for your kingdom. Repent, Lord. Ch- show us so that we can change our minds. We can see what was wrong and we can repent. But God, I ask for you to be making us so in love with you, that the things that are just surrounding us, that we're not content. Lord, I I love to be um, involved in many different aspects of life, but I don't want to ever let those things replace or make me content with less of you. I want more of you. I want more of your intimacy so that it drips, it runs, it overflows out of my life into every area of my life. In when I'm watching a football game, when I'm enjoying um, my favorite team uh, ha- having a good season, I don't want to be for that to have any type of of weight or distraction or detraction away from the pursuit and being full of your spirit, being anointed by you. God, I know that this, this calling of the high calling, this high purpose, this above, it goes above and beyond all the different things. I was, I know that you are calling us to this in Jesus name. I love you, Lord Jesus. I know that, that you are so real. I pray that you would touch people, that your fire would fall on the hearts of many people and your anointing would call them forth, that the cedars of Lebanon would take their place in your kingdom, in your purpose, as your temple, that they would take their place, let their branches blow. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Well, that about wraps it up for what... God put on my heart today. Now, please don't forget to like and subscribe, tap the bell and receive notifications of new content. Please share this podcast with your family, with your friends. That's how we get the word out. That's how God can use this. So I pray that God would be with you. God bless you and love you guys. But we will be the ones to see it through. 
Cause everything lost will be renewed Long ago in the garden it was to be Now a dream fulfilled in you and me Whoa, oh.